this is unexpected. Mark, I never gave authorization for pictures. <laughs> um, I want to thank you for, um, you haven't done it yet, but uh, you're about to listen to me talk. Uh, so thank you for that. It's my honor to be here um, with you today. And, um, and I hope that our time together will be a blessing to you. Um, I know it's already been a blessing to me. Um, so this is our third week of the Point of View series. Um, and guess who we're talking about today? Me. No, not me. <laughs> um, we're talking about Mary. Um, I'm told that the reason why I was chosen to, to uh, speak with you today is because my name is Mary. Um, I, I'm not sure what other credentials I have, but... Um, <laughs> I can definitely give you a Mary's point of view. Whether or not I can give you Mary, the mother of God's point of view, um, remains to be seen. So we'll see. Um, but we're going to, it's the mama's turn. Um, it's uh, Jesus' mother. Um, it's our, our chance to look at her and look at his coming birth from her perspective, um, which I think we could all agree is a very unique one. So a little bit about me. You know my name. Um, this is, I actually, I think this week, um, today, is the seventh anniversary of me and my family joining E3. Um, I just realized that um, last night. But, um, yeah, we're, we came in about six months in, um, so, and we came in at the start of Advent. So this is it. Happy anniversary to the coffees. Um, <laughs> Speaking of anniversaries, um, I am married. I am the wife to James Lawrence Coffee over here, otherwise known as Larry. Um, in a, just in case, some people, you know, if you call him Jim or James, then I'll know you don't really know him. He goes by Larry. Um, in, a, in about a month, we're going to celebrate our 25th wedding anniversary. So um, that's also a big honor of mine. Um, I have two children. I am a mother. Um, Rebecca, um, who will soon be 20 and is a student at FSU studying um, Japanese language and culture. If you need anything translated into Japanese, she's your gal. Um, and her younger brother, uh, Judah, who just turned 10 um, and can tell you anything in the world about Transformers. Um, he's your guy for that. Um, here at E3, I am... Um, I, I do my best to try and facilitate women's ministry. Um, it's a it's a long time um, passion of mine. Um, as is prayer um, and Bible study, um, um, facilitating or um, making sure that that happens for women especially, um, and apparently teaching, <laughs> at least just this one time. Um, Work-wise, I'm an administrator. I work for the state. Um, I'm sure there's at least two people here, um, Larry's one and a couple others, I think, that work for the state of Florida, um, and have done that for a while. I am the eldest of uh, what ultimately got to be seven children. Um, so um, for those of you that are concerned about birth order, that'll tell you a lot about me. Um, um, I was born into an Irish Catholic family. Um, uh, which originated in Pittsburgh, and so that should tell you two things about me. One is that I never met a potato I didn't like, 
and the other is that if, if, I, if you cut me, I bleed, and there's gold and black sparkles in it um, coming from Pittsburgh. Um, <laughs> hey. Um, my formal education, um, I um, am degreed in psychology with a minor in women's studies. Um, for those of you that are um, so inclined, Myers-Briggs, I'm an INTP. Um, for those of you that are not um, Myers-Briggs inclined, that just means that I am all about the details and the possibilities and solving issues and looking at all the options. I do that um, constantly, um, um, obsessively, compulsively, Larry might tell you. Um, if there's an issue that I am concerned about that I'm looking into, um, you will find a stack of books and a long list of bookmarks on my internet browser um, because I want to find out all the possibilities, all the details, all the information I can to make the best decision. Um, this happens, if you ever go to a restaurant with me, make me order because I will be searching for what's the best possible thing to order. And if you don't go ahead and order the, and you wait for me to decide, we will be there for hours and hours and hours. So, um, But that's a little bit about my personality. Um, I tell you that not because I'm obsessed with my own personality, but because it's going to relate to um, what we're going to look at today. Having been raised Catholic, um, I've spent a good deal of time talking about Mary. Um, I'm not sure if Mark knew that or remembered that I was raised Catholic, but um, most of the discussions that I've had are, have been about what Mary or who Mary is not. Um, um, so I'm, I'm real excited today to talk about who Mary was, who Mary is, um, and what that means to us. Um, I want to give a special word to the guys. Um, you now know a little bit about me. Um, I am a woman who serves in women's ministry, who has studied women. I'm talking about a woman. I promise you that uh, there will be something here for you today. Um, I have a tremendous respect um, and, uh, uh, and thanksgiving and a sense of thanksgiving in my heart for who you are, who God designed you to be, and who God calls you to be as men. Um, it's my honor to speak um, with you today, and I, um, I just wanted to let you know this is not going to be all um, babies and um, bottles and knitting, although it could be. <laughs> um, so there will be something for you um, in addition to my sisters here. Um, sisters, um, there's something for you as well, even if your name is not Mary. Um, so if, if you all would um, pray with me, um, we'll dig into this a little bit. Father God, you are mighty and glorious um, and so loving and constant. Lord, I just ask that you would be with us, that you would open our minds, um, that you would allow me to be um, a conduit of your word of your message of love to everyone here. And Lord, that you would be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. So the story of Mary um, and the coming birth of Christ um, highlights that God is the God of unexpected. Um, he um, 
doesn't always come around and, and um, decide to do what we have planned for him to do. Um, as a planner, I have experienced that many times. So, um, but we have expectations. We have expectations, not just for God, but we have expectations for our own lives, um, our own journey. Um, and I want to look at that a little bit. So let's take a look at, at Mary's response to God's unexpected plans for her um, and see what we can learn. Um, either on, in your Bibles or on your fridge fold or up on the screen. Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, Elizabeth is a relative of Mary, and we'll talk more about her in a little bit. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be frightened, Mary, the angel told her, for God has decided to bless you. You will become pregnant and have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. He will be great, excuse me, he will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can I have a baby? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby born to you will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she's already in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant, and I am willing to accept whatever he wants. May everything you have said come true. And then the angel left. So clearly this is not the, an expected turn of events for Mary. Um, I'm not sure what she was doing that day or where she was, but um, I'm pretty sure that on her daily agenda uh, was not meet with angel of God. Um, <laughs> However, before we get into that, I want to talk a little bit about um, what's unexpected. Um, the unexpected part of this applies to us. It does not apply to God, and it's important for us to know that and understand that. God's plans are typically not expected by us, um, but they're, he knows them intimately. Um, he knows them in detail, and he knows them long before we have any inkling about them. Um, Jesus' conception, his birth, his life, his death, um, were all planned thousands and thousands and probably millions of years before they came to pass. Um, we're told a little bit about that um, in the Old Testament. In Isaiah 7, um, which is about 740 years before Christ um, was born, um, the Lord said and foretold, All right, then the Lord himself will choose the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. God is with us, which is the prophetic de designation for the Christ or the Messiah. Um, then a little bit further in Isaiah chapter 9, 
For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. These will be his royal titles, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His ever-expanding peaceful government will never end. He will rule forever with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David. The passionate commitment of the Lord Almighty will guarantee this. So God's promise to David was that his kingdom would never end when he gave him um, um, that, that role, that reign over the people of Israel. Um, and he did that even before Isaiah back in 2 Samuel, um, which was a thousand years before Christ's birth. So the point is, um, while this was very unexpected to Mary, um, it was not unexpected to God. We just learned that Mary was engaged to Joseph. Some of you may have heard that before. Um, fortunately, um, Joseph also got a message, and, in, and that's captured in Matthew um, chapter 1, starting at verse 18. Now, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph, but while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, be being just a man, decided to break the engagement quietly so as not to disgrace her publicly. As he considered this, he fell asleep, and an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to go ahead with your marriage to Mary, for the child within her has been conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. All of this happened to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and he will be called Emmanuel, meaning God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded. He brought Mary home to be his wife, but she remained a virgin until, the son was until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. So none of this was a surprise to God. So that's, that's kind of point number one. But let's go back to Mary. Um, her immediate response was unhindered. She was in wonder. She was amazed. Um, she submitted to God's plan. And she abandoned any expectations that she had had for her life. Uh, she may not have realized the extent of this at the, at the time. But she did it immediately. So let's consider the implications to Mary. What, were, what are these expectations that she's um, let go of? She was probably somewhere between the ages of 12 and 15. We don't know for sure. Um, but she was very young. So anywhere from kind of the middle, middle high school, early high school age. Um, she lived in Nazareth and Galilee. And she... Um, was engaged to Joseph. At that time, um, the tradition was that a couple would become engaged. Um, and they were considered legally engaged, but they weren't, um, they didn't live together, they didn't sleep together, um, they didn't become husband and wife until about a year later. Um, and so she was, she and Joseph were in this waiting period. They were betrothed, engaged, um, but not yet living as husband and wife. Um, so for Mary, this would have meant that she was an unwed mother. She was um, 
likely from a poor family. Um, and being an unwed mother in this culture um, was completely destructive, um, either for her or for her and her family. Uh, if her family chose to s stand by her, then they would take the, um, the brunt of the social stigma and um, the shame, essentially. Um, if her family um, disowned her, threw her out, which was, would have been highly possible, um, there was no other options for her. There was no foster care. There was no home for girls. Uh, there was no, I'm going to work at Chick-fil-A and get enough money to share an apartment with three other of my best girlfriends. Um, she would have been um, relegated to being a beggar or being a prostitute in order to survive. Um, and then there's the physical and financial implications of that. Um, for a lifetime, she would not have been able to um, gain support. Um, an unwed mother who would, was not marriageable. She would not have, no other man would have come and said, you know what, I'm going to take you and your child to come, come with me. Um, that just wasn't heard of. Um, so she absolutely would have been on her own. Um, And finally, her family probably would have thought that she was crazy. Because um, what's she going to say? The Holy Spirit's the father. Um, just imagine um, a girl you know of 13, 14 years old comes up pregnant and, and tells you that the Holy Spirit is a father. Um, I'm not sure many of us would believe her. <laughs> um, we would be calling in the counselors and checking out prescriptions. Um, but I think even just the visit alone um, makes her response astounding. First, an angel comes to visit her, not an everyday occurrence, not a, um, um, not something that necessarily would have brought peace to her, um, although maybe it did. I would have been freaking out, um, just no, no doubt about it. Um, I, don't, I don't even understand. She was, she was in, we're told she's in wonder and amazement. She was thinking about the things the angel was saying to her. If an angel came to visit me, I don't know that I could even comprehend language. Um, so the fact that she was able to pay enough attention to hear what the angel was saying is um, pretty impressive to me. Um, so the angel comes, that's, that's a big deal. Um, the angel says, God has a special job for you. Also a big deal. And by the way, it's a pregnancy. Very big deal. Um, and, oh, by the way, the baby is going to be the Messiah of Israel, the Messiah of your people. That's about as big as we can get, right? Um, but wait, there's more. He's going to be conceived by the Holy Spirit, not something people are familiar with very much. Um, and the baby's going to be the son of God. That is a lot for anybody to take in. Um, I think I would just have dissolved at the cellular level. Um, not sure how to handle that. And then 
This is my favorite part. The angel leaves. The angel left. Don't you think it would have been a, a little helpful if the angel had stuck around? I mean, just, just for a few minutes, let me get mom and dad. Let me get the rabbi. Um, I just want to make sure that they're getting the same story that I am from you. Um, but the angel left. And right before he did, Mary said, I am the Lord's servant, and I am willing to accept whatever he wants. May everything you have said come true. This child, this young girl, this is her response to this absolutely incredible, in all senses of the word, experience and message. And she did ask how. But there are a lot of questions she didn't ask. She didn't ask why me. She didn't ask, can I pray about this for a little while and get back to you? <laughs> she didn't ask, how's this going to work out? Can, can you give me some more information? Can, that's great, but let, you know, how's, what, what are the next things? How's that going to work out for me? Um, she didn't ask, what about my fiance? What about my family? What about my community? What about my life? She didn't ask any of that. She understood her God. She knew and she trusted her God. And she knew that through him all things were possible. She recognized the truth of Gabriel's words to her. She recognized that God can do anything. She knew the story of her people. She knew God's promises to her people. And she knew that back to, to the very beginning. In Genesis, she knew uh, when God came to Abraham and said, you're going to have a son. Sarah is going to have a son. And, and in Genesis, he says, is anything too hard for the Lord? She knew the truth of that. She knew that there was nothing too hard for the Lord. And so she said yes. So what do we learn from this? This is a great example of God's call on our lives. Um, it's not exclusive to the mother of the Christ, the mother of the Messiah. His call involves a highly personal choice to each of us. His call on my life, his call on your life, very personal very personal. It's unique to each of us in our experiences and our lives. Um, and there can be a significant impact to our lives um, when we say yes to God's call. But saying yes, like Mary said yes, can have global and, eter and eternal ramifications and possibilities. So when we, we respond and we submit and we sacrifice our own expectations, we get to be part of the story. God doesn't need us to say yes. He's God. Do you, you remember when you were young and a parent or a grandparent or a teacher said, come and help me with this. Let's bake cookies together. 
let's, let's fix the tractor. Let's build a shed. Let's put up the Christmas lights. Let's, um, you're my door holder for the day. You get to, to be the head of the line for the class. Do you remember how you felt? This is what it's like. Um, God doesn't need our help, but he calls us to come and be part of what he's doing, be part of his work in the world. Um, but we have to say yes. So what expectation, what, what keeps us, um, what limits us in this? Um, our expectations for our life, either the ones that we have um, created ourselves or the ones that others, our parents, um, our teachers, our employers have put upon us. They create a framework for us. Um, we, even if you're not an INTP, you, can't, you have to have a framework, right? We gotta know, otherwise we'd all just be kind of floating around waiting for, waiting for God, not doing anything. Um, so we have this framework. Now framework, if you're building a building, once the framework is up, you kind of have a good idea of the extent of that building, how big that house or building is going to be, um, how tall it is, what, what its mass is going to be even before the walls are up or the bricks are laid. Um, for software folks, when you have your framework for your new system, that's where your, that's where your code operates. It operates inside that framework. Um, and it's good because it contains it, it controls it, it guides it, um, but it also limits it. So our, our frameworks define how we operate where we operate um, and why they make us feel safe and they make us, they give us a place where we understand the world, um, they can also limit us. Um, they can limit our goals, they can limit our dreams, they can limit our ideas of what would even be possible in our lives. It's a popular theme in, in the media, in movies, in literature, um, for um, an individual to just rebel and, it's, um, and to break out of the framework that has been put upon them um, and go and, and be truly themselves and, and um, leave it all behind. Um, and I think the reason why that's popular is because one is that we all do have these frameworks, whether we've created them or others have created them for us. But the other is that there's part of that that excites us. There's part of that that, um, that unknown, that's something different that we actually seek. Um, the good thing is, is that we don't have to rebel. Uh, we don't have to, um, all we have to do is say yes. God will bring, I promise you, God will bring the unexpected to you. Um, we don't have to, s to seek any other excitement. Um, all we have to do is say yes. So how do we do that? We do that um, with complete and deliberate commitment. 
Um, it's a matter of our will. It's not a matter of our knowledge, of our talent, uh, of, of who our earthly daddy is, of what our connections are, what our politics are. It's none of that. It's our will. It's our decision to say, yes, God, I am responding to your call on my life. And it doesn't have to be an angelic visitation, which is good, because I've told you I would disintegrate, and that'd be the end of God's call on me, I think. Um, but it can happen anywhere and any time. Anytime we have an insight into God's plan that resonates with us. It can happen at church. It can happen when we're studying the Bible. It can happen when we're in community. It can happen when we're sitting at our desk, uh, when we're brushing our teeth. Um, anytime some part of God's plan starts resonates with us, that can be part of your call. We need to pay attention to that. I think our, our tendency is to think, oh, that's really cool, and maybe we'll be excited about it, and maybe we'll talk to other people about it. But then life goes on, we continue to work in our framework, and it goes by the wayside. But what about second thoughts? So, I mean, it's all well and good for an angel to come, and you say, yes. But then what happens? What about the morning after the angel comes? How do we, how do we work from there? Um, let's see what Mary did. So she goes, um, the story continues, she goes to visit her, her relative, um, Elizabeth, who she has just found out is, um, is also expecting. So beginning at, at verse 39 in Luke chapter 1, a few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. Zechariah was Elizabeth's husband. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leapt within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, You are blessed by God above all other women and your child is blessed. What an honor this is with the mother of my Lord, that the mother of my Lord should visit me. When you came in and greeted me, my baby jumped for joy the instant I heard your voice. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. And Mary responded, Oh, how I praise the Lord, how I rejoice in God my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and now generation after generation will call me blessed. For he is the mighty one, is holy, and he has done great things for me. His mercy goes on from generation to generation, to all who fear him. His mighty arm does tremendous things. How he scatters the proud and haughty ones. He has taken princes from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has satisfied the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. And how he has helped his servant Israel. He has not forgotten his promise to be merciful. For he promised our ancestors, Abraham and his children, to be merciful to them forever. 
So the next day, the morning after, Mary is not fretting. She's not worrying. She's not trying to figure out how that she can get the angel to come back and tell him she's changed her mind. Um, she is singing hymns of joy and praise to God for what he has done um, to her, for her, with her, for her people and for his people. She's ecstatic about God's call on her life. Can we appreciate this? Um, can we relate to it? God called her to give up everything, all of her expectations for her life, any status she might have had. Um, and she responds with joy and praise. I wonder how often I do that. I think not enough. So this was a time where she, she couldn't have been prepared for this call on her life. So it's not expected. This wasn't in her framework. But she knew her God and she trusted him. And she submitted her will and her expectations to him. So what's the call on our lives? What are our expectations? What are yours? What do you expect your life to look like today? 20 minutes from now, tomorrow, five years from now, 10 years from now. What do you expect from your own life and your own relationships? What framework have we built or allowed to be built around us that God is inviting us to demo, to allow him in? and allow us to join his work. Like I said, it's highly personal. I don't know. Um, I'm a detailed person, and I'm still figuring out uh, where those two-by-fours are that need to come down in my own life. But he's inviting us to something better, something better than our framework, something bigger, something eternal, something perfect because it's God's work. He's inviting us to join him in his perfect work. So what do we need to do this? We need faith. We need submission to God. We need acceptance of his call and um, openness to that, and we need to trust him. And those, those are pretty short words, but they're not always the easiest words um, to make part of our DNA. We don't, what we don't need is the right plan. God has a plan, and he's going to give us everything that we need. All we have to do is say yes. So what's stopping us? Um, what's stopping us from saying, yes, Lord, I am your servant. I am willing to go where you want me to go and do what you want me to do and leave behind everything else. Um, it could be a lot of things. Eric talked last week about our own gospels. Um, wealth, power, sex, 
security trust. Um, maybe we don't trust enough. But here's how we get there. First thing is to know our God. Um, like Mary, um, it's important. We can't trust a God that we don't know. Um, she knew her God. She trusted him. Um, we, we need to know him. We need to study him in his word. We need to learn about him and study his works in our lives and um, through his people, through his community. Know his character. Know his faithfulness. Know, know his love. Number two, we need to look for him um, everywhere and in everything. Um, in every situation, look to find God. What's he doing? What would he think about this situation? How would he respond? And then try to join him there and respond likewise. Oswald Chambers says that we need to have a breathless expectation and a gracious uncertainty. Um, we need to be excited about looking for God and seeing what God is doing. Um, but we need to be gracious in the fact that we don't know what he's going to be doing. We don't know when he's um, going to call us um, to join him and be involved, but we need to be breathlessly waiting for that, that call. Number three, know who we are in him. Um, a lot of this comes from knowing him, but I think it's important for us um, to know who God says we are. Um, and we get that through his word, and we get that through his people. Um, a lot of times we have an idea about ourselves, who we are, what we're meant to do, what we can do, what we can't do. Um, through God, all things are possible. He has created us um, in his image, with his love, and for eternal purposes. We are not here by accident. He has a call for each of us, and it's an important one. We need to know who we are in him so that we can, we can have confidence um, in him and what he's going to do through us. And the last point is to, to seek and support those who know and love him. God made us to be part of community. He made us in the image of himself, his trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, it's important for us to be in community, important for us to have the support and encouragement of others who know and love him. Um, it, it makes his love tangible to us in a way that, um, that no other thing can. So seek support of others. So what can we learn from Mary? Um, as Evan and the band come back up, just kind of recap a little bit. Um, there's an infinite number of circumstances where God may want to work in our lives, where God does want to work in our lives. His invitation to us is highly personal. And it's a big deal. But we already have everything we need. We need to trust him. And that's not always easy. Um, but just ask him to help you. Get to know him. Um, get to know his people. Listen to what they have to say about what parts of God 
that they see in you. When Mary said yes, let it be unto me, she became the physical conduit of the Messiah, the Christ, the Savior of the world, the reason why you and I get to be in community forever. That's a big deal. What we choose to say yes, when we choose to say yes, we get to make a real, true, eternal, lasting, holy change in the world. We get to be the big helper. We get to be part of what God is doing. And God is good. So what dream or goal or plan or expectation for our lives could be more satisfying, more fulfilling, more meaningful or important than that? 